you can't get experience, then make opportunities, make your own opportunities. So that's what I did. I, I made an opportunity to start a community. I, and then that's why I, like having that platform, like opened up so many doors for me, um, even just to talk to you and talk to other designers. And then that's when things start to like the ripple effect that opens up. Um, and then networking these days, I almost think like that's way more effective than the usual like job application process. The job interview process is more of a people process than like a, you know, application systems process. Hello, everyone. Today we have another episode of UX Talks podcast. And I'm talking to Josh Lowe, uh, who is a freelance UX designer from Vancouver, Canada. Josh talks about his career journey and how he transitioned from engineering field into UX and how he brought over some of the skills that he could reuse from the previous uh, career. He speaks to the differences between working as a consultant and uh, as a parent employee and highlights some of his uh, experiences. Also, we discuss the challenges of building a community and also the benefits, on the other hand, that this can bring to you. In addition, George gives valuable advice on starting out uh, and some tips to increase your chances of getting through the door when you're looking for a new job. Enjoy this episode. Hey, Josh. Hey, how are you? Long time no see. Yes, sir. I've been looking forward to this and uh, glad that uh, you decided to bring me on. Exactly. I've been looking forward to this too. And uh, I think the reason I, w- like, I was really curious to, to learn more about your recent steps in your career and your journey. And uh, yeah, it's like what really changed in the last year? Because it seems like you're so busy and you have so many things on your plate. I would love to learn <laughs> more about uh, yeah. Yeah, w- what's happening in your life. Well, the biggest change was I... Uh, took on the newest, biggest job that will probably last for decades, uh, being a new father. And so, nice. um, yeah, just just taking on, um, you know, having having a new baby in, in the family and in my life, like in the midst of COVID. So having like a COVID baby, um, a pandemic <laughs> baby, however you want to call it. Uh, and, and, you know, so that alone was really challenging just because, uh, so just last month was a perfect example. Um, my daughter just got the first um, uh, cold and, and we just put her in a daycare. So I thought, oh, finally I have uh, extra time, you know, to, to spend it and all my work. Because prior to that, I was doing daddy daycare. So my, my wife was working and then I was uh, taking care of her for two or three days a week. So, yeah, I took out like, you know, 40% of my, my day. And uh, so that was challenging. And then uh, when in the first week of daycare, she got sick. And then it's the typical situation where like she brought in the, the sickness. And uh, thankfully, you know, we tested negative, no COVID. It's just everyone got the cost and cold and it lasted three or four weeks. And just that took me out. So, uh just balancing that and then family members weren't really available because they were working um or you know just again this this environment um with like we couldn't take her to your grandparents because it's a more higher risk so so that alone was 
really challenging. And then, yeah, I took on a full-time role. So I am a product designer at CareCrew. Um, it's a uh, SaaS startup uh, in the dental industry. They're just uh, optimizing uh, uh, practice and clinic growth. Um, and so, yeah, that's been a, a journey. I am now the sole designer at the company and uh, working on some big, big roles, which I can dive into later on. But uh, and then also on the side, prior to that, taking on the full time role, I have been doing freelance work. Um, I took on some brand, so brand and design work, and I specialize more in web flow development, um, which is great because it's a one stop shop. You can design and develop all in one place. So, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. It was a summary, yeah. So sad to hear that um, you had this experience with the baby. And uh, question: Did you test the COVID test the baby too? <laughs> yes, yes. Really? Yeah, it swabbed her her tiny little nose and poor thing. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of sad, but no, it, it it was pretty quick. Yeah, and it's good that uh, it's not COVID and um, everything is well now. And but yeah, I can I can re- relate to to having this experience, this painful experience of bringing, well, at least. Yeah, uh, getting something from the daycares, from schools. I have three kids of my own, so it's definitely mm. it's a nonstop <laughs> circulation of viruses and uh, different bacteria in the family. It's just yeah, incubation, uh, in yeah, in its own way. There, just yeah, you cannot stop mm-hmm. it. You cannot stop it. On the other hand, I think it's it's actually one of the ways how our immune system um, gets yeah. alert and uh, just kind of yeah, ready for for other stuff. So it's. It's pros and cons, obviously, to both sides. So it's like, yeah, discomfort and inconvenience at the beginning and uh, some stress and maybe sleepless nights. But uh, in the long term, yeah. I think our yeah bodies become healthier and uh, stronger. 100%. Yeah, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I believe in this. I believe in this. Uh, awesome. So I, I'm, really, I'm really excited to talk, to talk about your uh, work side of the story mm. and uh, your new uh, updates in your career that you joined a, a role as a full-time. So maybe let's start there with what exactly do you do there? Like what kind of, what does a product designer do at Care Crew, first of all? And uh, what's the mm. scope of ownership there? Yeah, so um, I've done a few contract work um, as a product designer at other startups, but this is like my first full-time. Um, so I came in, they were, um, so, so just to rewind a little bit, my context, my background is in engineering. So I was a civil engineer for seven years as a consultant. Um, so I'm a very systematic, like logical thinking. That's just my, my mm-hmm. go-to default. Analytical. And so, <clears throat> yeah, very analytical, just, just, you know, make sure everything works and it's connected. And so, um, so I came in and they were using Sketch and they were using uh, Envision and other things. And that's all good. That's all great. But I, I was, I've been playing with Figma. So right away, um, it's a great company because they're very flexible in the systems that uh, they use. So I, I just right away brought in Figma as the main driver for design. And then I introduced a whole design system. So I'm working on that. And that's been a whole big task. Um, <clears throat> I did, I've been really passionate about this fairly new field called design ops as opposed to uh, mm-hmm. DevOps. Um, and so design ops, um, if you look more into the, <clears throat> the uh, definition, Nielsen Norman 
it's it's like the management between uh like design systems and people and the work that needs to get done and so um that kind of overlaps into service design too which is like as opposed to just focusing on the design elements for a particular product you you take a further step back and have more holistic view of how does design or the the product itself or the interface um, connects with the user on like the front end and the back end. So in this case, I guess like uh, dentist reception, um, how does like the back end staff of uh, patient care and, and all the technical stuff for dentists like connect with the front end um, systems and, and like the front desk receptionist and all that stuff. So um, anyways, um, <clears throat> So yeah, I came in, brought in systems. I'm doing a design system. Um, and then I'm also working on like enterprise management level uh, designs at, at the moment, just to scale. Hmm. So quite, quite a bit. And mm -hmm. I've been there for uh, about four months now. Nice. Still loving it, I assume. <laughs> yeah, I know it's good. And I think uh, what I love is just the flexibility and um, uh, yeah, we're bringing on a new designer, so we're growing the team. Um, there's a lot to update. So I think with the design system, it's we're coming up with the challenges of uh, transitioning from the um, what is it the the, le the legacy system, oh yeah, and then breaking it down into like release features and how do you do that in a way that you know doesn't overwhelm the existing users. Um, so we're the way we've done that is we've broken down the various features of the product um, into my micro front ends. And so um, for me, yeah, I'm working on the enterprise. We're just going to test that. That's kind of like testing grounds for like the new interface, new look and feel, uh, new colors, uh, sidebars, all that stuff, navigation systems. And then uh, tweak as we go, update the components that are just related to those features. And then, um, yeah, it's kind of like a, testing ground and then when we work out all the details then you apply it to all the other areas um all the other features as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. makes sense yeah and i can only imagine um how much extra frustration uh change management can be from all this like old yes. technology and tech debts and uh, yeah just communicating these changes as well especially when you have existing client base um yeah it's definitely from my experience, it usually adds additional layer of challenges to to your work. So yeah, I'm, I'm not super jealous of that. <laughs> yeah, but cool. you know, it's it's very rewarding to know that you're updating and changing a whole new uh, look and feel for the for the app. Yeah, yeah that that sounds like a, a big um, area of ownership for you, which um, yeah, lots of designers look for. Um, so that's pretty pretty. I'm I'm happy to hear that you you found this place where you can. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, enjoy this part of the job and scaling this uh, bigger platform to, to the future. <laughs> yeah, cool. and you know what's interesting about finding this job is it was just through a referral from my friend who's a developer there. And uh, and I don't know if we can get into this uh, other conversation, but just like, I mean, I know you, you help a lot of people and designers finding jobs, but this was just through referral. It wasn't through me actively applying and um, I'd be curious to, to know if they would actually hire me in the first place, if they just saw like my existing resume, 
um because <laughs> because actually yeah my, my background is in engineering and i'm fairly i'm like three years into the ux design space um i don't have a lot of you know solid quote-unquote experience or like three mm-hmm. to five years experience right um so so yeah that's always an interesting thing like sometimes these jobs just kind of come on your yeah all by yeah chance. i agree i agree referrals uh seem to be a very effective way of getting jobs um and i see many quite a few platforms these days that are focusing on like maybe like social networks for uh, corporate employees around the world or like sometimes anonymous like blinds and uh, glass doors and all that stuff mm-hmm. one of the interesting trends that I've, I've i've been observing is that like almost i think it's like every platform now is is going the direction of adding uh, the feature of being referred to a job or to a company even if you may mm. may not know a person there there's like an option like get referred <laughs> something like this which um, is logical. I just kind of, I'm always curious, like, how does it work on the back end? Does it mean that the person who works there have to refer somebody without truly knowing and being able to vouch for their skills? So that's that's a, an interesting mm. dilemma, uh, just potentially for, for the sake of a financial benefit uh, for referring a person if they stay, if they go through. Cool. Mm. Okay. So um, I would I know that you have a very interesting and unique path which you already slightly mentioned that uh, yeah. you're coming from engineering uh mm-hmm. i would love to to for you to share this story quickly like how did you really start and why did you go into the ux world and uh, the angle i want you to keep in mind here is really there is one of the key questions um in the in the current i guess in the job market here uh is that for people who are switching careers or who are considering yeah. switching careers from maybe sometimes related fields or sometimes actually some may argue that not a bit more distant fields, right? So I mm-hmm. wonder if you have any uh, tips and advice here as well uh, after you share the story on how one can prepare themselves better for a career transition and how they can use their previous career um, as a maybe as a way to kind of grow skills that could be applicable to the UX world, because you, you went through this transition yourself. So you were in a different industry in engineering, as I, as I recall, and you went to UX. So there is something related to analytical thinking and like kind of dissecting problems and really logical um, thinking through the problems uh, would be relevant. So maybe you can kind of share more, like what really were the key takeaways from your previous career that you could apply in your next one? Yeah, there's, um, there's so many ways to go about this, but <clears throat> I think my story would probably apply for those who have been in an industry uh, who's, you know, intermediate to senior. So I, I was in civil engineering as a consultant uh, seven years. And so, uh, yeah, if, for those who are thinking about uh, switching into design, I think mine would probably apply, my story would apply more towards you. Um, so naturally in engineering, I was already doing a lot of design work, right? And so, and it's very technical. Um, and even within my seven years, is it's quite varied. So I was in the mining industry for four years and then in the building construction industry as uh, doing mechanical systems, uh, plumbing and mechanical for three years. Um, so very detailed, 
played with a lot of spreadsheets. Like I, I was an Excel master, <clears throat> and and all those like the formulas, the logic that comes with Excel, like that's already been developed. Um, and then also I'm working with like blueprints and um, and drawings. So so that I think already gave me a good strong foundation when uh, I applied for technical jobs. So actually. Uh, my my current role, I think, um, when I was interviewed, my engineering experience uh, gave me a huge leg up um, above all the other designers. So, so that was I was very lucky and fortunate in in that aspect. So, long story short, I was basically, I guess, overworked, underpaid. I won't go into the details, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think, but eventually, it just I just got to a point where. Um, you know, it was good. It was good work. It was um, paid well in, in certain industries, um, but it wasn't that fulfilling or rewarding. And there, I would, you know, there were days uh, I would wake up and I would just dread going to work. And it was uh, like my soul was just so dry. And I think on the side, I the only creative outlet I had was uh, I was really interested in like just making videos or like videography works. So I was doing like you know, wedding gigs or I was starting to expand like a side gig while on top of um, doing my main job as an engineer. I just doing like corporate, corporate event videos, highlight videos, things like that. And so I already started developing my, my creative side there. Um, I stumbled upon UX. Uh, so I basically took a, a, like a gap year, took six, I gave myself six months to a year just to like, rest recover and i think that is so helpful for just someone who's just worked for you know seven plus years there's this uh oh, i forgot the title of the book i think it's called rest um where it just covers a lot of like ceos or like um uh you know company owners who every year every seven years they would just take like a sabbatical and that's just so important to like reflect um, pivot your where you're going your career and so I, I kind of did that and so I gave myself permission I was fortunate enough to have enough funds to just like um, you know stay afloat for a little bit so I did some traveling with my wife and just explored and I was looking at all sorts of different things like uh, just just ridiculous stuff like should I start a coffee shop or should I move to um, like the island that's where i grew up like do some sustainable <laughs> living uh ridiculous stuff i was looking into like firefighting it's just just all out out there stuff um i used yeah i had a little bit of a military background like did some cadets and stuff like that so um and then i was looking into digital marketing that was another option so i applied for this role um for a digital micro uh, marketing role and uh they replied back saying, hey, I appreciate your initiative, but um, I'd like to get you um, certified. So they suggested to check out either Udemy or Red Academy at the time. And never heard of uh, like Red Academy, so I was checking out the website and I stumbled upon a UX program. So so I really got into UX by chance and uh, I, I fell in love with it. Just the more I looked into it, um, it was really the marriage between like like the creative expressive side and like the logical practical side and i thought this is perfect so just uh yeah and i i actually surprisingly acted really quickly the next cohort for red academy 
uh, started within like a week and I just like pulled the trigger and just signed up and fell in love with it. It was a three month boot camp. Um, obviously I was like one of the older guys in there. Um, and yeah, I just ate it up. I was really curious. Actually, I was kind of hesitant that I would actually get enough in a three month program to actually like, you know, they sell, you'd be very employable and, you know, mm -hmm. 90% of like graduates mm -hmm. would get jobs. And I think that was probably true when it first started, maybe like four or five years ago. Now, maybe not so much, but I don't know, maybe someone from like a brain station can get confirmed. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was a little bit of my journey into like UX. And then since then, I've just been doing like contract work. So I think the normal uh, journey after boot camps, because um, the majority of this, my, 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 schoolmates classmates whatever you want to call it uh they were like in their 20s i was already in, in my 30s so um i had a lot of good experience and management skills that i could kind of start things on my own but if you are graduating from a boot camp and you know it's quite daunting to just like take out freelance on your own because literally you're just starting your own business like you have to know about invoicing managing your own time uh talking to different clients and things like that and i've done that in my professional work so um so i was fortunate to just like jump out and um after graduating and then uh getting paid pretty pretty decently and then yeah i also had quite a bit of confidence to like back up negotiations and that's a whole other topic too so but i i think that was like really my op my own my first opportunity other than the small side gigs and videography where i could like see what I could do. Um, like let's see how far I can actually take and, and um, how many side gigs or jobs I can actually pull off. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of like my gist of the mm -hmm. entering into the UX journey. And uh, yeah, a few questions uh, to, to, to ask here. So first you mentioned the, the Red Academy, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And your experience there. So, and uh, as far as I understand, there are not working they're not open anymore at yes. least in vancouver mm -hmm. so they closed um and then i also know that you, you know, and we interacted before uh, while you were a part of this collab collective community mm -hmm. and i would yeah. like because i remember also that uh, the initial group that i spoke with there was uh, i think it was from the same cohort from red academy that you you went to right yeah. and this was like mm -hmm. As far as I recall, the primary drive for you to uh, launch that community, Collab Collective, um, as a as a way to address the unfilled as a as a gap in the in the market when Red Academy closed, right? So maybe uh, maybe you could share the story of uh, like what exactly the Red Academy was like. What was the benefit that was differentiating that particular? organization from others and what and how did you try to use the same uh maybe value proposition or similar value proposition when you uh started the collab collective community and where where did it go okay yeah um <laughs> so red academy i it is very sad that you know it's no longer existing it went went down but at the time they had a really strong community 
And what really set one of the biggest thing that set them apart was uh, they had real clients in their projects. And so um, when you finished your program, you actually had real uh, experience working with people. And um, instead of just a, you know, hypothetical, like concept of a project and thing or like a brief. So that that was very valuable. And um, and yeah, so my time just to backtrack a little bit, because I was brand new in the industry, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know who's what or like the relationship between like developers and designers and marketers. And I kind of noticed that they were kind of all siloed. And so during my three months there, I actually I love like creating events and, and holding events. So this is before COVID, uh, the pandemic. I was hosting um, monthly or every every two or three every two months um, uh, live events. So I would like bring in industry experts. So this group was called Juice Labs, and it was just yeah, I mean, it was just comprised of uh, uh, friends from my class, and I just got local industry experts to speak on various topics. And it was mainly for me to learn about the industry, um, and that's when I really started to see the power of like community and how uh how many doors it actually opens up because i was like wow like these speakers would actually make themselves available um and you know i didn't have a budget i was still a student at the time and so they were willing to speak for free and it was awesome so i ended up uh having one of the product managers from later to come and speak at one of our events and I we hosted it at a pavilion which is a beautiful uh co-working space in Vancouver so yeah we I think we did a total of six or seven events so so I learned a lot from that and that was like you know as you know community development and managing is a lot of work <laughs> um you really need a lot of passion <clears throat> and again for me it scratched my need to like learn about the industry, but also uh, to bridge the the gap between those siloed communities of, between like developers, design, and marketers. Um, so yeah, we looked into we had events on like logo design. Uh, what's the difference between like product and project management? Um, we had uh, coaches that that helped on like more uh, soft skills like the art of communication. Uh, resolving conflict um mm -hmm. so yeah we covered a, a lot of different things and that just sparked um yeah this passion of like hey i want to do more so i learned a lot um you have to be extremely organized you have to have a good solid group of volunteers and like just managing volunteers if you don't pay them that's it's it's tough you have to keep them motivated you have to paint the vision for what we're doing which is you know uh creating the the vancouver tech industry uh or community like to building it up really strong and so so i think similarly to you um uh we saw a gap in just like i think well at least for me i i saw the gap of like these boot camp grads um after they're done they're just kind of like left off on their own and so there was very little resource in helping people like find jobs mm -hmm. Um, Red Academy did have some like uh, career days after, but it was only just the one event after you're you've graduated, and after that it's just it's just up to you. So, um, yeah. So I learned a lot about the industry 
and I think you've you've recently pivoted from you know you realize I guess the Vancouver market is a little bit small and we just need to go global. So, anyways, that was the backstory of of that for Juice Labs. So we um, shortly after I became a dad and then just kind of shut it down. Uh, the pandemic arrived, and then Collab Collective was a response to the pandemic because at the time people were just having trouble finding jobs, and so that was like the immediate need that we wanted to meet. It's like, hey, um, and that's when we started. Con- yeah, w- that's when we first connected with you because you were doing something great with the job board. Uh, Iterate UX, shout out to them. They're awesome community, a uh, global, but um, I guess based in, in Vancouver is Leticia um they just do whiteboarding sessions and everything just became digital um it was all zoom meetings everything like that and so um all those ideas that i had with juice labs with a variety of different like topics um i just decided to launch this podcast everyone's going into podcasting um (laughs) and then yeah i got you on board as one of the uh, episodes so that was great um and then i just started exploring like live streaming everyone was just fumbling around so um yeah we we had a lot of aspirations we were thinking about like setting up a mentorship group um which adp list now like has done really great um so again the opportunities to connect with people and networking just by running a community was amazing um we ended up being uh a sponsor at um vancouver ux awards and so yeah, I think I'll I'll leave it at that. But I think to answer your question, like the Red, yeah, so the Red Academy group, the crew, uh, they had similar passions too, and they just wanted to help people. I think their heart is always just to help, you know, the their community find jobs. I think that was like the main thing. So, so forward to now, um, it uh, it's funny actually. I was planning to have like a, a farewell session. So Collab Collective is shutting down. And Mm -hmm. that was due to many reasons. Number one, again, volunteers, like for not paying them, it's really hard. Everyone's busy. Everyone's got to pay their bills. And so like the amount of time behind planning all these events and stuff like that, uh, it's, it's quite a lot. And so, um, yeah, finding committed people to stick around is hard. And then also I'm like, running a full-time job I'm doing side gigs I'm being a new dad and so I I was okay I learned like you know what I think it's important to uh admit to say hey things aren't working and it's okay um you can just kind of close out and so yeah I actually wanted to have one last like live stream session just to like wrap up and say hey um farewell but again (laughs) even yeah, and even then we, we were too busy to get together, and so that's just the reality. But I guess this is this is it. I guess I can share. I just want to say like to other people like, um, it's okay to try something and then even just say, hey, it didn't work. And I think like that's why I love UX because uh, user experience design. It's all about iterating. It's all about trying new things. Um, and so even the word you know experience, it's like shares the same root word as experiment so you're always trying new things um and if it doesn't work you move on and you learn from your experience and what to do what not to do um so for me it was just like lack of resources and time but mm-hmm. you know i definitely it's 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 still a passion of mine if i have more time i'd be happy to revive it or 
you know, reboot it in some shape or, or, or manner. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interesting. And I clearly remember that I what I said when we had this first call with you and, um, and the group. Um, I think it was like a year and a half ago now, like yeah, almost two mm -hmm. years, um, that building a community that I thought that building a community was an enormous job. Like uh, there's so much effort and dedication and time that at least m my my perception of what building community is entails or was entailing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was like, I was like, I respect your desire to build a community because it's not an easy job. And uh, it's definitely lots of sacrifices, lots of, I guess, deciding on, on the prioritizing some of the tasks that are related to building this almost like nonprofit thing. Um, when mm. you have all the other competing priorities that are more time sensitive, usually, and uh, more mm. essential to, to living your life in, in, in most regards, right? Especially like the family and your own health and uh, paying your bills, mm -hmm. which is, um, yeah, completely understandable. So I empathize with with the prioritization there, especially with the new jobs that you you, you took on, like as a dad, as a, as a young dad again. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's definitely reshuffles the priorities for, for many, many people. And uh, it should, it should. I think that's this mm -hmm. phase of your life is, is unique. And uh, it would be a shame to miss all these moments with with your baby, with your child, uh, that you will never get back. And you are totally right about the experimentation, and that um, that you that I think it's we should normalize. And lots of people say that, and they try to normalize the I guess the not not so successful experiments. Uh, because mm. um, you don't really know how things like it's always a bet, it's always um, a yeah. game that you kind of start playing, and you don't know how it will end until you go through it, right. at least the first few steps, right? And then with every next step, you reevaluate and you you make choices about what you do next, and uh, if it makes sense to continue in this direction, or if you need to pivot, or if you need to pause it and put it on the shelf until. Maybe your baby eighteen and uh, she, she she leaves the house. Um, <laughs> or he he leaves the house, and um, yeah. So it's, it, everything that you mentioned about the priorities and the lack of time, like completely resonates with me. That, that's what I'm trying to say. So yeah, understandable <laughs> uh, choices and sacrifices. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it definitely speaks of your values and your current priorities uh, at this current stage of your life and career. And um, that's, yeah, that's life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important to know your foundational values and priorities and not to <clears throat> overextend yourself to sacrifice those things um, in place of, you know, you know, establishing the next shiny, fun thing to do. And so, yeah, I'm taking this time to rest, but I think once I more time opens up, I definitely want to develop community again or, or you know, at the end of the day, I'm like a firm believer of like collaboration over competition. And <clears throat> you just look at the, yeah, the landscape of, I guess, just Vancouver on its own. Um, there are some great communities out there, but it's, it's just, uh, 
I think in small circles. And so I think it was important just to connect everyone together and collaborate. Cause the more we do that, the more, even in just our digital landscape of like uh, remote work, we can just refer more work to each other. Cause that was the gaps. I just saw so many gaps of like people finding a hard time getting jobs um, or even getting the training or getting the proper like mentorship, like where do you go? Um, and so uh, networking was like the most important thing I've learned in community building. Like that goes so far as opposed to just doing things on your own and like, you know, building up your portfolio. Um, so that's a super powerful tool. Totally, totally <clears throat> agree. Okay, so next question I had for you is related to your experience of having worked at at free like as a freelancer on these mm-hmm. uh, I guess side projects and uh, those more independent projects, and also being a part of a team, a design team uh, within a company. That's your current job, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you could uh, draw some parallels between the two different. I guess, types of environments and dynamics. And obviously every environment and every company, every team will be unique in its own way. There will be some, always the answer would be it depends. But I'm curious to hear mm-hmm. your personal experience and your the path that you went um, through. Uh, how do those two worlds compare, the freelance and versus the day job? The pros and cons and um, okay. any, I guess, your personal takeaways uh, from, from experiencing both worlds? Okay, I'll speak generally to comparing freelancing and a day job, and then I'll go into my own specific experience. Uh, So freelancing, you should be more experienced when you get to this space. Um, Everything's on you. You are the main boss, so you call the shots. So you should already know what should be done, uh, what should be avoided, things like that. And so you're you're directly working with the client. Um, There's a lot of things to manage. And so the beauty about that is like, if you like to call the shots and like have control, then that's, that's the, that's yeah, the good, good path to take a uh, day job. Um, you're in a system, you're in a company, you aren't the boss, you're an employee. And so uh, the pros and cons for that is the pros is you are, there's some level of care and like, uh, you know, even all the invoicing payment, all that stuff's like taken care of. You just get to focus on the design itself and that's it. Um, and so, and you're in a team, you are not alone. Um, and so that's, that's the great thing about it. I guess the cons is like, you're kind of at the mercy of like what the company culture is or what, you know, your manager wants you to do. And so you, you're kind of dictated in, in that, in that way. Um, but also you have, yeah, you have the ability to learn from someone too, right? So if you uh, are fairly new and you're lacking the skills and you want to learn from someone, that's a great place to, to go. For me, um, like I said, I think the day job, my experience, I learned mostly from my seven years in engineering. And I've, um, yeah, those are like formative uh, years. And they were really good because it really uh, hammered in like systems, systems and things has to be like standardized and, you know, all that stuff. So I already had that um, coming out of the gate after graduating from Red Academy. So I just went straight into freelancing and I loved it. Um, Yes, it's a little bit, it's fun, but it's stressful because 
the paycheck is not consistent. It's all project based, right? And so, um, I I loved it though. It was it was my way of really stretching myself um, to have that like concept start from concept to finished product like experience. Um, and so I was working mainly with a lot of like uh, yeah websites, working on Webflow and things like that. Um, and so I think that kind of answers your question, but I, I think, I, I think I started freelancing. Um, I couldn't find a, a full-time job in design yet, but my freelance experience really helped. And when I finally did land the job, um, my freelance experience really, um, helped me see the bigger picture. So as right now I'm working directly with the co-founder and, if I kind of had the mindset of like, Hey, I'm, I'm an employee. Like you tell me what to do. Um, that, that is limiting. And so I, I kind of, it's all about perspective and that whole skill of empathy. Right. It's like, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually have a lot of experience of like knowing what clients are looking for. And, um, like for example, uh, like my, 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 my co-founder and most clients, they just kind of want the big picture deliverables. Like, I don't care about, you know, this button being perfectly pixeled and, and mm -hmm. you know, this width and, and height. Like, I just want the big overall structure of the content placement or this and that. Um, and so they're also, you know, battling or even research. They, they sacrifice a lot of the upfront planning and research, user research, because they don't have time to like invest in that. They just need to deliver something because they have stakeholders um, or clients or customers like demanding certain releases. So, so that gave me a good perspective to just say, Oh, you know, you just want the high level deliverable is done. Okay. We can focus on the detail stuff after. So yeah, I think freelancing and being like a business owner really, really helped. Do you, do you see yourself going back to freelancing sometime later? So I think this all that depends, uh, <laughs> uh, depends on the family situation, but I think, you know, the ultimate, the ultimate goal, I think for most people is just to have financial freedom. Right. So, um, I think there's a lot of amazing opportunities out there right now, especially in this like pandemic, uh, environment where remote work is just all over. So, um, and I believe in like Webflow. I believe in this whole no code, low code uh, revolution. Um, I think the future is very bright. And I think the opportunity is to get new clients from like all over the place. Um, and the amount of, um, you know, money and, and things flowing and invested into the space is quite high. And so I think there's, um, yeah, I think that 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 has a lot of promise. And so if if it's in the freelance route or running my own business, then yes. But right now, I think a full time job, it takes like the the paycheck is covers what I need for my family and it's steady and stable. So that's meeting my needs at the moment. So yeah, yeah, I hope I my it's... employee, my employer doesn't listen. <laughs> to this. But, yeah. And yeah, Obviously, everything we say in this podcast um, is just our own opinions, and uh, it doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. really <laughs> represent any 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 of our current employers or previous employers. Um, yeah, I wonder if you uh, going back to like I guess one of the questions that I, I skipped initially, 
but I want to, to go back to is thinking from, and obviously your, your journey is unique. So you didn't really, you got your, I guess your day job, uh, your, your full-time job uh, through a referral, which is not common, but uh, some people have this uh, opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but thinking from the point of view of, um, of applying to jobs and really kind of getting into the job market right now, considering all the competition that's in the market, and it's kind of interesting that there is more competition and there's a quite unbalanced market, more competition on the junior and maybe intermediate side, but more openings on the senior jobs. Um, so it's kind of like okay. high competition on one side in the one segment of the market, but it's reversed in the other. So if you were, uh, if you had to, to, to look for a job today, so how would you really, what would you do to stand out? That's kind of the question I wanted to ask. Yeah, this is such a dilemma. Um, this is a huge problem that we're trying to solve, even with our communities, like for juniors and intermediate designers or, or people to get jobs. It's tough. It's one of those things like, because companies are looking for people for with experience, but if but you as a junior, you don't have experience. So how do you get experience if you don't have experience? So it's that cash 22 thing. Um, um, yeah, I, I would say, I always kind of tell others like, work on your own gigs. Um, this is that uh, this kind of like that introduction to freelance, like uh, build your portfolio, sure. But like have, Actually, like if you can't get experience, then make opportunities, make your own opportunities. So that's what I did. I, I made an opportunity to start a community. I and then that's why, I, like having that platform, like opened up so many doors for me, um, even just to talk to you and talk to other designers. And then that's when things start to like the ripple effect that opens up. Um, and then networking these days, I almost think like that's way more effective than the usual like job application process because again it's it's uh it's a people uh how do i say this it's like the job interview process is more of a people process than like a you know application systems process mm -hmm. um and so that that's just my own personal take like i actually hate jumping through all the hoops and all that stuff and you know making sure you all the keywords in your resume and portfolio matches mm -hmm. like the system i i just can't be bothered to do that just because yeah i don't know i just don't have patience for it but i'd rather stand out that way by like creating opportunities and, and reaching out to people mm -hmm. yeah i agree going um i guess wide and shallow but just applying to hundreds of jobs is seems to be not the most effective strategy these days just because of the highest volume and what I've seen that many companies um, join this, this I guess, automation uh, wave when they introduce more and more strict filters, more strict, uh, I guess, um, yeah, machine learning mechanisms to screen out candidates that do not match 70 to 90% of the job description or keywords that they specify. So there's definitely, I guess, way more room for being uh, missed if you just go the standard route and just some companies they maybe sometimes they even set up the filters not 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 very correctly which uh, mm -hmm. yeah kind of adds to this 
the whole other big problem about diversity and inclusion and uh, all this candidate experience as well, which is probably uh, another few hours. Few I'll hours add something real quick. Yeah. I think the whole point of UX or a huge part is like to allow the systems and the automations to uh, match and fit more of a, a human experience as opposed to having the humans fit the systems and automations. Because when you can do that, then you, you ultimately highlight that natural uh, way of people interacting. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think that's, that I guess, like this, this is the, the ideal state <laughs> of, the, yeah, yeah. Of, of how it should be done. But in reality, I, I, I know for a fact that lots of companies, they were just, because they don't have time to really be more mindful and thoughtful of uh, what candidates go through so only like i know really only a handful of companies who really really care about this and they, they their actions prove that it's not just that everybody says that yeah we care about the candidate experience but in reality it's always not the top priority for them and it's it's so i'm so happy to see when some companies uh they prove like they basically lead by example of how their their they empathize with the candidates um, mm. uh, point of view and the candidate's perspective and really optimize the journey. It's also almost like service design and customer um, customer experience mm. in a sense um, to, first of all, yeah, to improve the employer brand and to, uh, to yeah, do good for, for the world and for, for, the, for, the, for the market. And um, I also respect that. But so, so few, so few companies prioritize time for, for this. Um, but uh, at least the trend is positive. So like I've seen like more and more companies kind of showing some signals um, mm -hmm. with uh, with uh, how they approach this. And um, that's that's good trend. Quite slow, but still good. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So we're already on time. Um, so let's uh, wrap it up. And um, I really enjoyed um, you sharing all those insights and um, your personal thoughts and opinions on on how um, how market works and like what what would you do if you were uh, seeking for a job right now mm -hmm. uh if You're somebody welcome. wants to reach out and uh, really ask some maybe additional questions or keep an eye on what what other communities you'll get involved in uh, and when <laughs> where can they find you um right now i have my current portfolio website just joshlo.com so um J-O-S-H-L-O-H, L-O-H is my last name, or uh, email me at josh at corecreative.com. Uh, that's core with a C-O-R, core creative. Sounds good. Sorry, awesome. josh at corecreative.ca. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll include the links uh, in the show notes as well. Awesome, thanks, Josh. It was a pleasure to catch up and um, really hear what, what you've been up to in the last year. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. That's it for today. Uh, thanks for watching and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, like, share, subscribe, all the jazz and uh, have a wonderful day.